Hey, what's up everyone? I'm your host Ryan Kramer and thanks for tuning in. This is episode 131 of Crossover Commerce and this is my corner of the internet where I bring you the best and brightest in the Amazon and e-commerce space. Now that can include logistics and shipping that can be anywhere from product listing optimization, or it can even include advertising, which we're actually going to be diving in today. In the past, we've had a lot of people talk about PPC or paid media spend just on Amazon, but today I want to go into a broader topic and more of how to build brands on social media, but also just building up that strategy, whether it be Facebook ads or other kinds of social media ads and engagement to help build your brand grow. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. That's why I called it Facebook ad strategies for e-commerce businesses. We're going to be diving right into that today. But as always, Crossover Commerce is presented by Ping Pong Payments, who have now helped over 1 million customers worldwide establish and transact $90 billion to date in cross-border payments. That's an average of $150 million per day, helping people send and receive money worldwide. That can be anywhere from sending your VAs or your employees worldwide to different currencies, um, helping them receive money and save on fees when it comes to helping your business grow. Instead of taking money away from your margin, we're giving that freedom back to sellers. So that being said, go ahead and check out Ping Pong Payments today. Those links to sign up for a free account are going to be in those show notes and comments section below. But that being said, this show is always about my guests. I like to highlight them. It's not just about me. That would be one hell of a podcast for me talking about myself. No one would listen to that, but it's always about my guests today. So that being said, we brought in Shelby Fowler with Vampire Media. And just a little bit about Shelby. She started Vampire Media back in 2019. After freelancing, she started her own digital uh, media company and digital ad company and is based in Arkansas, uh, actually is from San Diego. So we're going to dive into her and really shine her expertise on how to use Facebook ads to grow your e-commerce business. That being said, welcome Shelby Fowler of Empire Media. Shelby, thanks for coming to Crossover Commerce. How are you? Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. So I got that right. You're in Arkansas. You're from, were you born and raised in San Diego? What, what's kind of that background story? Because I, we were just I, bantering about that a little <laughs> bit before this. We went live. Yes, I'm a California girl. So I was born and raised in California. Um, I actually was from central California. So like Sacramento, okay. nice. um, Merced, I grew up in Merced, California. And then I moved to San Diego, like right out of high school. Um, and that's kind of where I'd been. So awesome. But you, you're, we were talking about your family asked you to come to Arkansas, but you're moving to Texas, which I feel like a lot of, believe it or not, tech companies are moving to Texas. Is that yeah. kind of like the reason you're doing that? Or just, uh, is no. there another reason for Texas? Um, no, we're Cowboys fans. So I think that's <laughs> the one reason you're going is because of the NFL I Dallas think, Cowboys. Yeah. Being closer to go to games. Um, no, we're, I, I just, so where we live right now is like more of a rural area. So sure. we miss people. So I'm really excited to be just closer to more life, more people, more culture. So yeah, we're going to move to like outside of Dallas area. That's awesome. I'm actually, uh, believe it or not, I'm I was born in Richardson, Texas. Okay. And, um, grew up in uh, Plano, which is a suburb of Dallas. So yeah, Plano, fantastic. There's always great uh, stories I hear from Dallas and just Texas in general. I feel like it's a big hub spot uh, for for that kind of environment. So that's awesome. Congratulations on that move. But uh, first off, before we kick into it, for anyone who's listening to this, Shelby has fantastic pink bright hair and i love it and it's actually it feels like a branding choice right almost like oh, yeah. uh, a, a standout to from other people and, and that's not a bad thing so is that was that a decision like tell me the story in the background on that because i'm, I'm super curious by it yeah it's very intentional um naturally i have like dirty blonde light brown hair um but <clears throat> i think in the online space First, I got pink hair because I just wanted to. I thought it was it'd be fun and it'd be like fun for a like temporary situation. Um, but what we've we actually talked about this recently. I'm like, I wonder how much money my hair has made me because it really has become like the whole brand. So now people know me as like the pink haired girl, right? And they see me on things <laughs> and they're like, oh, that's Shelby with like it's all. And they know me by like pink. And when people see pink things, they send me pictures. They're like, oh, I saw pink shoes that reminded me of you today. Or I saw, you know. And so it's just become such a thing now where I'm like, I can't even get rid of it if I wanted to. I just 
It's, so you're, you know, you're stuck until you die, pink hair. Yeah, exactly. So it's almost like, um, is it the uh, Sharon Osbourne or like the Osbourne family, right? They would always dye their hair and they always had crazy different kind of color hair. Yeah. Is that, is that just because I, I'm, I'm curious too, the pink, I'm assuming maybe your favorite color. Hopefully it's your favorite color. If not, <laughs> we have a problem of chip picking uh, colors. So <laughs> it is one what, of my favorite pink? colors. Okay. So I was going to say, does it invoke, is it supposed to invoke a, you're in advertising, right? I'm in marketing and partnerships yeah. and advertising. And I like to go on the cerebral side. So we're diving into advertising and marketing and how does a brand feel, right? So with that being said, does, is peak supposed to be on a cerebral side, supposed to invoke an emotional response? Um, like red would be almost like passion or yeah. fire. Uh, blue is more like calmness or green is serenity. Do you know what pink is supposed to represent and help with that? So I use a lot of like yellow and pink. And I think it's because I really am, I am really upbeat and an eternal optimist. And so I think that that, um, the brand has reflected that. So, you know, just like more happy, it, it's supposed to make you more happy when you look at it. Um, and of course, most of our clients are women. So again, like it's more feminine color. So um, yeah, I think that that, it wasn't intentional at first. I will tell you okay. that. It just Great. has become, again, like it's had a life of its own. And now it really does fit so well because um, I think what separates, you know, our service or our business and our brand um, against, you know, others that do something similar is like we are very positive. Um, we're not like boring advertisers. We're fun and we're funny and funky and all of the things. Well, I love it. I love I love the ability to stand out from the crowd, and and that's all about how marketing is for either your personal brand or for others around you. Um, I'm really weird. I like blue and darker colors. I, I guess that's that's my like mantra, or my chakra, whatever you want to call it, if you will. It's more a calming sensation, I think personally. So pink, and, and you you alluded to we're all female entrepreneurs. So Fempire Media, I'm yeah. assuming, is alluding to female empowerment or just media in general. I love the name. Fantastic yeah, uh, name. What what was kind of that thought process? Is this something you've always wanted to build your business into and, and really showcase just all women or is that intentional or is that just kind of by accident? Um, it's It definitely started that way. So we primarily okay. worked with women to start with and that's that had been my clientele, you know, to begin with. So I really wanted to help female entrepreneurs uh, scale their businesses with ads. And as I, as we've grown, as the team's grown, like we definitely service male clients as well. Um, you know, but I think it, the thing with advertising, it, like the advertising world is that it is very male dominated. So, you know, you have right. a lot of, you know, masculine marketers with like mm -hmm. the, the hustle hard, the, you know, it's just very male dominated and it leaves very little room, I think, for female businesses um, to really be spotlighted. Is that a word? Spotlight, you know, yeah. but, you know, upon, it's, yeah. yeah. So that was my intention going into this was I really wanted to to help female entrepreneurs and to help, you know, female owned small small businesses. So. As we've grown, though, we definitely service, you know, I would say now we're probably like 30, 70. So like 70% of women owned businesses. And then, you know, the rest, I have male clients. And That's it'll fantastic. probably evolve to, you know, 50, 50 or so. So with that perspective, did you have in your background, like your whole career, did you, did it become really highlighted that just the ideas from either just men or in general that were very focused on, I'm going to do it this way. No, like outside collaboration, or is it just like a, they were missing the mark and you're like, I can do that better. Yeah. What, what was, really sparked you to be the entrepreneur in that mindset? Was it that? I think it was miss. It was the missing mark. Like I was very aware of the market, like, and I would study it. Like I studied the people who were, had the top ad agencies. Um, and I watched what they were doing and, you know, their perspective, I think was, it was very, it was lacking, I guess, fe like the, the feminine touch, I guess. I don't know. Like it's all of the, yeah. all of the marketing was and advertising 
it just didn't speak to women. And I think women buy um, differently than men do. So I noticed that they weren't really targeting women at all. I think they were targeting mostly men and they were missing the mark because there are a lot of women owned businesses that need advertising. I know that if I went and if I saw their marketing or their brand online, like it wouldn't speak to me. And so I felt like, Oh, I could do this better. Um, and I think because I'm also, there's a lot of people in my space who overpromise and underdeliver. So they like preach that advertising is like the shortcut to success. And they preach all of this stuff. And I, I disagree severely. So I think watching that and realizing like I wanted to do things with integrity. And, and I think that that's really shaped the brand um, because I really wanted to not overpromise people. I want to give them realistic expectations. And I want to, I want to give exceptional service to everybody. So I really saw the market being like, there's such a gap in somebody who's willing to be honest and just wants to help people. And, um, and it started with wanting to help women, but now I think it's really like it, it, to me, it's not about that anymore. It's like, I just want to help businesses and give them like real advice about advertising and give them real direction. And that might, that might mean sometimes that you're not ready to advertise. And I'm Mm -hmm. willing to share that with you. And I don't want to sell you on something just to make a buck. Like that doesn't feel good for me. Right. Collaboration and just like education. And that's what we always preach, at least on this podcast is education itself is the most important asset you can probably have in business because whether it's data that leads you down a, a product selection, if you're an entrepreneur or service that there's a hole in the market or in your instance, uh, what it would take to obviously reach a certain market or just really allude to a certain clientele you're trying to reach. We were even talking about this uh, before we went live was there are so many other businesses that have in the past year and a half have moved online from strictly offline or they want to create a presence now online. Yeah. And you were even alluding to just a lot of businesses. They're not going to have their marketing staff going back to the offices. Um, our, our entire marketing staff is all remote. Um, no one's in the same town or city or maybe a little bit nearby, but we're all scattered throughout the United States. How has that shaped uh, that, that one I said one, it's still somewhat going on around the world. How's that dynamic shift of something as large of a pandemic shifted the way that people are going to operate in businesses moving forward? Has that benefited you or like this business and industry that you've kind of worked with? It's a really long and detailed question I just asked. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's a great question. I feel very grateful that during the pandemic, um, we had our best like, revenue we've ever had like we had the most revenue come congratulations um thank you i and i'm very aware that that is not everybody's experience however most of us watching or most of us listening you know we are in the online space right so Mm. there's more people online now than ever before and like we said, there's more people that are, they were forced into remote positions. And I think businesses realize like, hey, uh, overhead here could be a lot lower if we kept these positions remote. And also employees are wanting to stay remote because they don't want to, they don't want to um, drive 40 minutes to the office and then have to park and then walk up to the office. They don't want to sit around in an uncomfy desk, right? They're enjoying staying home or working from wherever they want to work. Um, And I think what we're going to find is that employees are going to be like, hey, this does not make sense. I think the challenge for business owners and managers, though, is going to be how to learn how to manage remote work versus in-person work, which I think is probably not that different. Uh, Like I've always worked, this has been a remote, you know, position always, and my team is remote. So um, I couldn't tell, we've never had an office, but I think from what I have heard from clients and colleagues and things is like, people are having having difficulty with that right now, like making that shift. So what I like to, what I say is like, if there's this many businesses that are going online, 
then in this many positions that are going to become remote, I think advertising and marketing online um, is going to boom. Like we're in a in a position right now where the sky's the limit. It's only going up from here because with this many businesses going online, they're going to need to get the attention and become unforgettable amongst the competition. And the way to do that, the most effective way to do that is through advertising, getting in front of a ton of eyeballs, you know, in a short amount of time. Absolutely. So yeah, that, that's a great segue into what your expertise is, is in Facebook and Instagram ad strategies. I won't leave out Instagram. One in the same company now, they used to be separate, obviously. Uh, so why get into this space? It feels like a very much, a, uh, obviously there's tons of eyeballs. There's lots of different opportunities. It's a very visual medium, right? Yeah. Um, where people's attention spans have gotten even less over time. Your your expertise comes in in this regard, and you're like, we're gonna stick our flag in the ground and help people grow in this direction. Why? Yeah. So the reason why I love Facebook and Instagram, um, and when I say Facebook, just know that like I'm meaning both. Uh, right. <laughs> but yeah. What? Social, um, yeah. Facebook and Instagram both yeah. in the same. What I love about it is the detailed targeting. There's no other platform that allows you to the the targeting aspects that Facebook allows you to do, right? Not YouTube, not LinkedIn, not Google. Like they don't allow you to niche down like Facebook and Instagram does. So that's what I love, love, love about it. And I think when you think about, and I'm not saying that other platforms aren't fabulous because they are. And I certainly have, you know, I've been hired by other agencies to look over their kind of data and analytics and ad reports for YouTube and Google and Pinterest and LinkedIn ads and give like some direction to them. I'm not an expert in those areas, but I know like I can tell I'm good at ad strategy. So, but with Facebook and Instagram, what I love about it is like, that's the attention, right? Like the attention is there. People are using the platform. So meet the people where they're at. And um, if you, and especially those of you who sell something that has a broad audience, um, like you should be, you should be building brand awareness, especially at least on, on Facebook and Instagram. You need to like put your stake in the ground so people know who you are. Um, and yeah, that's, that's really what I love about it is like people are there the eyeballs are there. Yes. Attention span is, <laughs> is like seconds. Right. However, I think with the detail targeting, you can reach a very niche person. So if your ideal client or customer is very like a very specific person, you can really reach that person with Facebook and you may not be able to, to get that kind of detail targeting in other advertising platforms. Yeah. I like, I like that a lot. And I think, um, a lot of people are, like you said, you're you're meeting people where they're already their eyeballs are already at. It's how are you going to capture their attention when you're there? What's the intent? Is it click through? Is it just brand awareness? Which the definition of that is just people becoming obviously aware of that brand. Um, if they're in market, they can opt into. It. If they're not, then you know it's just top of mind, always being there for them. We actually had uh, someone asked uh, through our LinkedIn. Uh, from Francois, one of our friends of the show, believe it or not, he actually said, how should ad strategy work with merchandising to ensure a smooth customer journey? So with merchandising, um, so I'm going to assume what we mean by this is running ads to your online store to ensure. That's That's what I would assume. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I would assume. Okay. So here's the thing. Um, when you have with your store, I want you to know your numbers first all, first of all, because ah, this is something that I see a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners, they just miss the mark here is that they don't know their numbers. I want you to make sure that your landing pages are converting already before we run ads to it. Um, because that'll save you a lot of time and money, really, and if we if we can get that right. Um And so there's a lot of, this is like a real, this is a question that there, (laughs) 
I could answer this a lot of ways. We could spend a lot of time like digesting and digging into this. But my recommendation is that running an ad to your store, you want to make sure that you're spending enough money because people don't spend enough money to reach customers. So you have to get in front of enough people to get those people to say, to get a percentage of the people to say yes, right? Then you need your website to be converting when they get there. So once, once they click on your ad, once they're on your website, we need to make sure that they're buying. And if it's cold traffic, then you can pretty much assume like you really want it to be around 2% of the people that click on that page are buying your product. Okay. Right. So if we're not getting close to that, that there's a problem and you need to adjust your website. Uh, a lot of people will be like, Hey, my ads aren't working. Well, it's not your ads. It, it, in many cases, it, it may not be your ads. It's your, your website. So once they click on your ad, you want to make sure that your landing page is converting at at least 2%. Okay. Now keep in mind, they're going to look at your product. They're going to be like, wow, that's great. They're going to add it to cart. Here's where it gets fun because 68% on average people abandon cart. So 68% of those people are going to leave. And so you want to make sure that you have abandoned cart emails that get sent out because you don't want to lose those people. They were already interested in your product. They added it to cart. I mean, I do this all the time. Like I'll shop like window shopping and I'm like, oh, I like that. I like that. I like that. And then I look at the cart and I'm like, this got out of control really fast. <laughs> and so I like leave my cart for a little bit. Um, or I forget about it, right? I have two little kids at home. So like I, you know, who knows? I'm I have to be mom for a second. I have to go. The girls somewhere. are yes, yeah, your uh two daughters put gum in one person's hair and you have to run and do exactly. something real quick, or you accidentally swipe away all your notifications, right? Or exactly all your screens. Exactly. I do the same thing all the time. Yeah. So make sure that you're sending emails out. So that's really the customer journey. It's like you want to grab the attention, but once they click on that ad, you need to make sure it's converting. And then if they add to cart, you want to make sure that you have add to cart emails, uh, abandoned cart emails that go out. So people that inserted their name and email, but then they never purchased, they never finished the purchase. What you can also do with that email list now, because now you have an email list of people who never bought, who abandoned the car, you can run retargeting ads to those people. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. where you're going to get them. Have you ever, have you ever done this? I've done this many times where I went to go buy something, I added it to cart and then I forgot about it. And then I got like some Facebook ads and like, I was like, geez, Louise, <laughs> they're like bombarding me. But like, well, I yeah. get all of these reminders, but I'm like, gosh, I, as an advertiser, I appreciate that. Cause I'm like, they have a good ad strategy. So make sure that, you know, once you collect enough emails, like you can run retargeting ads to those people. And then they, you, the ultimate goal for all of us building businesses and brands is that like, you're unforgettable. You want people to, once you're in, once they're in your funnel, like they can't get rid of you. Um, you're never leaving them alone. You're just going to like constantly be in front of their eyeballs. So they're like, geez, Louise, you know, there's that Ryan guy again. Like, oh my exactly. gosh, there he is again. Oh my gosh, there he is again. Like you are always in front of them. They open emails, you're, they're getting emails from you. They open Facebook, they see your ads, they see your posts. They open Instagram, oh my gosh, more ads, right? You don't, you want them to be like constantly reminded of you. You want to be top of mind. And that's how you win the game, period. Like being right, unforgettable. Brandon. I have a question, maybe philosophically again. I want yeah. to think high level. When I go to a website, I'm all, I'm always aware of when they ask me for my personal information. When are they going to? A, I call it attack, not attack. <laughs> they they. This is the transaction, right? There's 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 two different kinds of transaction that a website or any sort of marketplace is going to ask for me. Either my information, which is which is a great win for them, or they're going to ask for my money because they're offering a good. Mm -hmm. uh, when someone asks you for your personal information, I feel like that's the, almost the sacred thing that you can give away. When would be a good time for if a direct-to-consumer company has their website and we directed them to our website, when should I request that information? Okay. Like, so right when they land on your web website and they're like, hey, welcome for 15% off, give us your yeah, email. You see that a as a, is a call to action or do you wait until the end when they're in your cart? Both. both. Like, you see a lot of the big, 
here's my thing. Like, look at what the big companies are doing and just emulate that. Like, you'll not, you won't fall short if you see that, like, Target and, um, you know, I'm just going to use Target for an example, but like, I think I was talking about Target earlier with somebody else. So, <laughs> um, think about like what the other big stores are using and look at their websites. And if they're all doing something similar, you can pretty much bet that it works. That's why they're doing it. Cause they don't just like try things. Businesses like that aren't just like, let's try this and see if it works. No, they have a lot of KPIs, a lot of data that goes into a lot of testing to see what's working. And one of the things that they do is that pop-up when you join, hey, you want 15% off? Put your email in, right? Mm -hmm. It's immediate because it works. And a lot of businesses are doing that. So I recommend doing that, but also having like a two-step checkout, right? So like before, when in the checkout process, they have to put their name and email in. And then the next like little bit is their payment information. And that way you now collect that information and you can see if they purchased or not. Um, if they didn't complete their purchase, now you have that data. So mm -hmm. I think data is king or queen and having that information, especially with e-commerce businesses, having that information will allow you to make really empowered, juicy in like, decisions in your business without them it's just a guess game and that's not going to be that's not going to help you build like a legacy or a lasting brand well and, that, and that's kind of a win too right you can see this as a two-pronged win um the first part is you're collecting like customer acquisition right yeah it, it starts with the lead and then it, you can convert them over slowly if they're not ready to purchase now they're in your funnel they have newsletters they have uh coupons they have deals Whatever you're throwing at them, they are now ready when they are going to purchase for a gift or themselves or someone, you know, other entity that they're ready to purchase. So you have that constant win back and then you can kind of keep them in that loop. But that that's the first part and that's the win. I think a lot of people, especially in this space, whether it's on Amazon or they build their own brand and have your goods being purchased on another platform, you want to make sure that that data I say data. It's like, like we're going to know your social security number. It's as simple yeah. as a email address, you know, your customer avatar, if you will, of yeah. knowing who you're targeting, but also you might be surprised with that data. I've seen so many times on the brands I've worked with or worked and asked questions about is they didn't understand that all these people were opting in and they were either male and they were really focusing on the female demographic. Um, they ended up coming back and saying, well, there's men buying gifts for their partner or their wife or girlfriend or whatever. And that was something that they didn't look at. So they started yeah. running ads towards it. And then the conversion started trickling. And so it's things like that where you can always be surprised. And that's why it's super important to understand your, your avatar and always just ask them. Like they can say no, they can say not right now. Like they can Absolutely. opt out to it. People are almost curated to, to do that now, right? I would, I would expect you to think the same thing, right, Shelby? Like they can just say no. But I if mean, you're not asking, you're not going to get it. I go on websites all the time and it'll pop up. Hey, you want 15% off? You want 10% off? You want 20% off? Whatever. And, um, you know, I exit out of it. And a lot of people are using text marketing right now. Like a lot of big companies are as well. So like when you put in SMS, yeah, yeah, you're putting in your, your email and your name, email and your phone number. And then they text you the code like for checkout. Mm -hmm. uh, I did this with a brand recently. So I bought like these little, I don't know, these like water cups. Okay. And uh, like water bottles. And, you know, I joined the text list to get 20% off. Then I forgot to use the code at checkout, but that's a whole other story. Um, but then I get in, you know, their, their text marketing. Now they're, te <laughs> they text me like, I swear at least once a day now. And right. I'm a little over that, but you know, this, and so now I know that and I know like the marketing game. So I'm like, okay, if that bothers me though, if I don't want to get texts every day or every other day, um, then I just will exit out of it. It's not worth saving 10 bucks, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Well, and, and that's what they're trying to do. Get that repeat business. I think I get yeah. one Monday through Friday from one person and I just swipe it away. It's not a big deal, but once yeah. it becomes a nu nuisance, then, or at least I know when I do want to opt into it, I can just look at my text real quick and get a code and 
um, you know, there it is. It's just free money that I'm saving in that regards too. Um, what's been your, and I'll, I'll preface this question with my favorite thing that I've been asked for, for information is put, let us know, or see if you qualify for free shipping. And they made me put in my zip code, my phone number. And then I think something else when I was like, from a marketing standpoint, I was like, that's super smart because they're probably offering free shipping almost to everything, but yeah. they they want the person to think if they qualify for like, uh Oh, I may not qualify. Of course you're going to, if you're in the continental United States, you're probably going to qualify for free shipping, but they asked for my information that way. It didn't feel intrusive. So I was able to give it over pretty quickly and it was super smart. I thought, I think it was from Yeti actually, believe it or not. So we're talking brands. I think it was yeah. Yeti. See if you qualify for free shipping. Is there a, is there a phrase or is there a way to go about asking for information without feeling intrusive? That's a In really great way. That's the best way I've heard. Like I would yeah. be like, yeah, I want to see, I want to see if I qualify for free shipping. Yeah, um, who doesn't? <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Cause that's where they get you. You're like the, the shipping is, you know, 10 bucks easily most times. So you're like, Ugh. um, so my thing here is, that you have to provide value, right? People want something in return mm -hmm. for for giving you their their email. Of so, um, yeah, I think the free shipping is great. I think if you give them a coupon code, um, you know, and, and in regards to, I have my phone right here, but it's like this this text, you know, list that I joined for a company that I bought those water bottles on. Um, you know, on Sunday they text me, hey. You know, here's here's a flash sale now. Like here's 25% off of XYZ. So then I was like, man, I'm I think I'm gonna stay, <laughs> I think I'm gonna stay on the text list for a little bit longer in case I want to buy more stuff. But they're sending me coupons for stuff like all the time. Mm -hmm. So again, people I think we're as buyers, we're all buyers of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. I think we're just we all are a little bit like frustrated at times with with uh, businesses who just bombard you with marketing stuff and without giving you anything of value. And I think we're getting smarter as buyers. So we know the game. We know what it means when you sign up for free shipping. We know what it means when we sign up for a coupon code, right? Like we know that. And so I think if you just keep your customer in mind always and and think like, what would they want? Like, how can I delight them today? I think you're going to always win if you just think about them, right? And, and obviously, you have to think about your bottom line in your business. But think about them because why would they want to join your email list? Why would they want to join your SMS marketing? Why would they want to be on your website? Uh, why would they want to finish, you know, checkout process? Give them something an incentive to go through the process. And I think that will, that will always, you know, you'll always win. Yeah. I, I like that. You obviously want to think about the customer. You want to think about the end journey, but you don't want to be taking without receiving. That's not a, there's, there's too many transactions in that process that don't, that don't help out both sides. So that being said, is there, so, so going back to like the ads and what you do, obviously the job is to build up funnels to build leads, uh, hopefully customer retention. If I'm a small business and I'm an entrepreneur of me, I don't have the bandwidth and time and wherewithal to kind of fill this, fill the void in marketing. How, how do you like, how do you help people conceptualize? This is the brand feel. This is what I'm going to go for. Where, where do you, where do people start? Are you putting them on one platform and then they start to diversify? Because if you're everywhere, it's really hard to, to like really put in the time, money and effort if you don't have that. Yeah. What do you suggest people start? Is it on Instagram? Is it on LinkedIn? Or is it um, Facebook? Or, or where are we starting a building a brand? So if you're e-commerce, I recommend starting on Facebook and Instagram. My mindset is if you're, we tend to, okay, as entrepreneurs, business owners, we're wearing many, many hats, right? And we tend to spread ourselves thin. And if you're anything like me, like that I do, right? So I have learned that focusing on one to two platforms is best. And once I have that nailed down and it's like, you know, I know it like the back of my hand. I know what works, what doesn't. I'm seeing a return on it. 
then I can expand, right? Then I can repurpose content for other platforms and tap into and tap into those and learn how those work. Because every platform, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, right? Uh, they're all different. Like they all work differently. They all have different algorithms, um, different nuances, if you will. So start and focus on one. You don't have to do all the things at once. Like you can eat the elephant one bite at a time, right? Start with one to two things, get comfortable with that. And you also then can, as your business grows, you can then also hire people to, you know, that are experts at those platforms to then, you know, to grow those for you. So, um, with, with, um, and again, going back to like thinking about who your ideal customer is, because if your ideal customer, you know, is somebody on LinkedIn, then yeah, go for that. Like, like focus on that area. If your ideal customer is somebody who's on YouTube all the time, then then focus on that platform, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say focus on where your customer is. I wouldn't walk into, if you, okay, I use this example all the time. Like if you have, you know who your ideal client or customer is and you know that they always eat lunch at this one restaurant every single day, like all of the people in your kind of, your, at your dream list, <laughs> you know, all these different types of people that you would love to work with, they all eat lunch at the same spot every single day. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to, it would be stupid to eat lunch at a different place. <laughs> It'd be stupid. So if your ideal clients and customers are all on Facebook, why are you spending so much time on YouTube? Why? Yep. Or Pinterest? Like why? You know that they're all here. So then spend time here. Um, go to where they're at because you're going to have a lot better results. What are you, what are you seeing as like, so as starting out and I'm building my brand, if, if I'm an SMB or a small medium business, what are, what are these go-to campaigns that I have to have established, whether working with an agency like yourself or doing it on my own? What are those like go-to, you have to have these just to be baseline effective, building your branding, marketing uh, for your business? Yeah, that's a great question. So for those that are, you know, e-commerce businesses, I would say you have to have, I would, my recommendation is to have some top of funnel ads, meaning like have some brand awareness ads, like just to get in front of people, because then if they're looking at your content, you can retarget them later and the cost per customer acquisition will be a lot lower. So I always look at things like long-term, not necessarily what's a quick fix or a band-aid to a problem. Like I want to know like what's going to create lasting success for you. And, and so you have to have things that are going to pull people in and know about your brand. So I like to do video ads a lot um, for these types of ads. Like I, and for a lot of, even for my service providers, because we work with a lot of high ticket coaches and service providers. So even if you were that type of business, like I would use the same method and that's to run like a video view ad, um, talking about your brand or a product and target, you know, an audience that you think would do well. Um, I like to borrow other people's audiences. So like think about other brands that are similar to yours. Um, yeah. yeah. And you're gonna, you're gonna target their following because why wouldn't you, it's really not smart to, to target people that aren't already interested in what you sell. So for instance, if you sell, if you sell iPhone cases, why aren't you targeting people who like Apple? Mm-hmm. Right? Like you're, why would you target people who are, who like Walmart? Like, I mean, you could do that and it might work and definitely test it, but you have, why wouldn't you target people who are already interested in what you sell? It's a lot more difficult to educate people about what you do and what you sell and what you're about um, and talk them into buying your product versus finding the people who are already needing and wanting something that you offer. So that's why I think figuring out who you're, and this is going off a tangent of targeting, but figuring out who your ideal cl- customer, like 
what are they what other brands that sell something similar what are those brands and then and then see if you can target their audience so target people who follow them right. um and I was that's say, a good way do. to test that is liking a different page on either Instagram or Facebook fine and you'll find a lot more different ads than you thought yeah um it, it happens pretty instantaneously if if I like uh Gosh, one of the brands that kind of made an impact on me, I think like Solo Stove, for example, it's a it's a very uh, backyard campfire kind of like containment system of yeah. move it everywhere, it burns quicker, all this other, all these other benefits and whatnot. And once you click on that and like their page instantaneously, I swear it was 10 different brands and companies that were something similar concept of a product that helped customers who like those kinds of brands yeah. or a competitor. So those are definitely ways to like win over audience shares. When you like it, you're pretty close to either opting into that service or that solution, or you're just aware of that mentality of that product or service as well. So I think that'd be really cool. So you said video ads, uh, for clarification, how long are we creating ads? Is it a quick hitter? Yeah. Is it a 60 second? How long are we creating these? Under two minutes is my rule of thumb. Okay. And if you can make it under two minutes and you can run it on both Instagram and Facebook and I would just target, you know, your, your ideal customer and then you're building the audience. The goal isn't necessarily for you to get an immediate ROI off of this, like for people to click and buy something, although they can click on it and go to your website maybe, but um, it's really to gather brand awareness. I want you to be seen as the go-to in your field and in your, you know, in your market, I want you to be the go-to. So doing something like that. And then what you can do is once you've been running, I would run that ad like all the time. And it's not something you have to spend a ton of money on, but then you can retarget people who have watched that video and mm. you can run ads to a paid product. So now it also reduces your cost per acquisition, customer acquisition, because now they already are familiar with your brand. So it's not like they're super cold. They, you, they've never heard of you before. They've maybe watched a video on how to use your product or, you know, watched if you're maybe like, or how, how to, I don't know, whatever you're selling, like how to yeah. use it or maybe featuring your products or featuring how you started your business. That That's always a good one. People connect with other people. So if you can share like your journey, oh, I started my company and, 2018 and we you know this is what we do and we'd love to have you take a look at us join us click below to check out our store whatever right sharing your like story that could be powerful as well get creative but again you can retarget the people who watch that video and mm -hmm. it's going to cost you a lot less money to get people to buy your products right so that's a so trick yeah, that was, that's, I like that. I like that incentive. So Facebook has up to how much time before you have to like either click into it or you, or does it on your phone? I was trying to think if it stops at a certain point, like for example, on reels or on, um, if you're on Instagram and you're flipping through the stories and then there's an ad, you have to click like watch more or keep yeah. watching at a certain threshold. Facebook has similar concepts, right? It's at a certain time frame frame before you have to click into it or lit watch more is that is that true or no not with newsfeed ads okay so i mean we've run them for like 30 minutes you like we've had videos oh, wow. we run on facebook newsfeed that are like 30 minutes now that's really long though <laughs> it's very long wow so, you did a good job if you capture somebody for 30 minutes yeah that's like no, it's very few people you know however i would recommend I would definitely recommend keeping it under two minutes because that will save you. First of all, people's attention spans, again, are like not very long. So if you're able to get your point across quicker and more effectively, then you're going to, um, it's just going to be a lot more beneficial. And also that keeps you from overthinking because what happens a lot of times with entrepreneurs, right? You're like, oh, I want to, and I find this with clients too. Uh, they're like, well, what do I, what should I say in my video? And I'm like, honestly, the ads that do the best in this instance are not the like super overproduced ones. It's a lot of times just like really organic looking ads. We've tested the ones that, you know, look, they're very well produced. They're beautiful, um, professionally done. 
And then we've tested ads that were just like somebody literally like walking, talking on their phone. Hey, this is blah, 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 blah. Like showing stuff. And honestly, those ads that look more organic, they tend to do better. So test it for yourself. But uh, I say that because we tend to overthink things like they have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be perfect. So if you just keep it under two minutes, get to the point. And then always end your video with like a call to action. Tell them what you want them to do. So don't leave them hanging. You know, they watched (laughs) your video and they're like, wow, that was great. Well, okay, I guess I'll keep scrolling, right? Tell them what to do. So, hey, thanks for watching. Click below to like us on Facebook or click below to visit our store, whatever you want them to do. Give them some direction. Yeah. So you yeah, follow, like, share, whatever. Um, that yeah. Content. I, I have seen that a lot where you have influencers or micro-influencers doing unboxing video or it's yeah. really an ad for a different t- type of product and really tapping into that that community, if you will, if you're trying to, like, start to build on that brand, do an unboxing, do a, um, you know, oh, I like the look and feel and texture and, like, uh, that, that natural interaction because I think you're right. People like it when they're watching other organic. I'm going to go through that same process potentially, see what they're actually doing, and I can replicate that in my mind. It's it's all subconscious, but that's really cool. What with, with like as advertising has also changed too. Um, we mentioned like Instagram became part of Facebook, and there's always constantly new news or terms of service and what you can do as a brand. I have a lot of listeners who are always asking the question of how do I constantly stay up to date of like, what's changed? What can I, what what can I highlight? What are the different changes between like years past and like moving forward in terms of call to actions? Is it easier, harder and different in your opinion? Um, so are we talking about turn, like the, I would say, I would say like, yeah, I would say like Facebook rules and like just advertising in general. Do you think it's become easier in your opinion to advertise on Facebook or is it harder? It's definitely become harder. Um, When I started running ads, it was like magical. Like I feel like during that time, and this must have been, gosh, 2016 or so, um, like, you know, costs were just phenomenal. Uh, Super cheap, yeah. There was a a lot less competition, right? And you could get away with a lot more. Uh, I think the more people that join in, just like anything, right, then they have to regulate things more because Mm -hmm. more people equals more, you know, people breaking rules and things like Mm -hmm. that. So and and I think also times have changed. So I will tell you that it's definitely more difficult to run ads now. And I get this a lot with um, clients and people in my program. So because I also teach ads in a 12 month program and a lot of those people they joined because they were running their own ads several years ago. And they're like, wow, they did so well. well. They tried to run ads, you know, in the last year. And they're like, it's totally different ball game. So I think my advice to you on how to keep up with it is to really, um, is to get help. Like, unless you want to spend like all day, every day researching it, find an expert to help you that can look at your stuff for you, make sure that you're following rules. You can always go Google Facebook, um, like ad policies because, you know, it'll pop up. Facebook has a lot of documentation on it, but again, they always update. There's, there's constantly updates to things. I'll tell you like the biggest ones are especially those of you in health and fitness, like being very careful about using like weight loss, uh, terms and things like that'll get you flagged and that could get your ad account shut down. Guaranteed. Yeah. Guaranteed results. Yeah. You cannot guarantee results. You see this a lot with my business coaches. I have a lot of clients who are business coaches and gosh, that's a big one, right? A hundred thousand dollars in six months. You're like, cannot say that. Um, another one. And I'm, I haven't used this in a long time or seen it used, but last year I had a, I had someone reach out to me. They they were creating their own ad and they put COVID in um, and quarantine in their ad copy, in the written portion of their ad, and they got flagged and their ad account got shut down. So uh, it can be a real pain in the butt, you know? So you really got to make sure that 
you know what's what's triggering to Facebook at the time. And it may change because, I mean, this was like right when quarantine started. Um, right. So you have to be careful about using those types of terms. Um, so, yeah, I mean, read Facebook's ad policies, but I would recommend finding somebody. You can always follow me of uh, finding somebody who can help you and update you on things too that you trust, right? Somebody who's not trying to necessarily like, like somebody who's just going to update you on like, here's what's working, here's what's not, and that you can kind of ask questions to. Because there are people, experts that like myself, my team, and a lot of other ad agencies out there, like this is what we do. We spend the bulk of our time every day looking at this stuff. So of course, we're going to know it like the back of our hand because we're just that it's the amount of hours we put in. Um, it's a lot more difficult for those of you who are doing a hundred other things in your business, right? Again, we go back to all the hats you wear. So you'd have to spend a lot of time to really know the nuances. So find somebody who knows it. That way you can just kind of pick their brain um, and see what's there, working. Yeah. Without offending anyone, like, is there a way that entrepreneurs can like approach an agency like yours and how would they be able to gauge if they know what they're talking about? Because Ooh, that's a great question. So yeah, you can spin it in any way, but how do I how do I look for people who might just be, oh yeah, like come on board? Or is it policies <laughs> that they're gonna be um, trying to enforce if they're bringing you on as a client or is it creative works or what, what, sh what should a customer look for potentially before jumping in with an agency? This is a, gr this is a great question. Here's what, if I were to hire an ad agency, this is what I would look for. I want to know, are they asking me questions about my revenue? If they're not asking about how much money you make, then they're not a good agency. Here's why. And, and sometimes what I find is when I talk to people, I always ask like, okay, on average, what is your monthly revenue for in your website? What, it, or what ads are we running? What offers do we want to run ads to, right? What products do you want to run ads to? What are you currently doing? I'm going to get inside of your business. What I find is that new entrepreneurs get very like uncomfortable when I start asking those questions because they don't know the answers. Mm. And that's when I know it's not a good fit. They're not ready for ads yet. So it's just as much an interview for you as, as it is for them and even more for them to interview you. So if they're not asking you questions about your revenue and like what your products are doing, um, then I would say don't hire them because what I do is when I get on a call with somebody and they're asking me about ads, like, Hey, I want to run ads to X, Y, Z. I'm going to ask them questions that, you know, Hey, what do you, what's your revenue on this? I'm right here. I have a pen and paper. I'm doing math while they're talking and I'm figuring out, are we going to be profitable with ads? Right. Cause because you need to factor in spend. You need to factor in what it would take if where they're at now, growth, expectations, and all this stuff. You have to protect yourself as an agency, but yeah. people aren't on the same page with expectations. I'm assuming everyone's going to, one person's going to be unhappy, if not both sides will yeah. be unhappy at the end. And I like to always run numbers with people because I think a lot of people, that's the biggest thing is you get on a call with an agency and, uh, or an ads manager and you're, and you want to know like, what, how much do I need to spend? what's, what's my expected return? Like, what does this even look like? Right. And I always say like, it's going to be, you have to go into advertising as it's a long game. So don't just like try it out for a month. Like you really want to commit to at least three months of it and really more like when you're ready, you need to be ready that it's going to be an investment. And again, it's not an expense and it's an investment. Um, building that brand awareness, but also reaching people that you would never have had access to um, with your with your company, right? So that's why I always say, especially for e-commerce businesses, like make sure your ducks are in a row before you hire somebody too. Like make sure that you're getting, uh, you're getting organic, you know, reach and that you're, you're getting sales coming in and you know your numbers, you know your average order value, your average cart, cart value, right? Like, you know, your lifetime value of a customer, you know, okay. Um, I have, you know, people normally spend about $63 on average with me, but my lifetime value of a customer is like 200 something dollars. So I know like that tells me with advertising, we can spend a little bit more maybe to acquire a customer 
because mm-hmm. you're going to get that on the back end, right? Because you're going to maybe you have uh, a product that is um, like they're going to have to rebuy, right? So I want you to know those things before you run ads. And you need to hire somebody who's asking you those important questions because if they're asking you those questions, that means that they're strategizing. They're thinking if it's going to be profitable. And a good ad agency will tell you like, hey, we're not going to take you on because you're not ready. Um, or And they should tell you how much you would need to pay in ads. Um, and a lot of you, that means like you're going to at minimum spend like a thousand bucks a month. Like that's at the least end of right. things. So going into it with that. Um, and then I always like, and when I hire anybody, I like to see testimonials and case studies. So if they can give you some stories, I always like when I get on sales calls with any type of service provider, I like to know when I'm talking to them, if they use examples of other clients when they're talking to me. And that gives me kind of a gauge if they have worked with clients like me. So for instance, if you say, um, you know, oh, I'm having trouble with X, Y, Z. And this is like, you know, we've really tapped out on our organic marketing and we're making about, you know, we've hit this much in revenue for the last four months. So I know like, you know, we're doing really well, but I know it's time to really run ads because we're, you know, I don't need to, I don't want to bring another employee on to do X, Y, Z. I'd rather run ads so we can kind of free up some of our time, blah, 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 blah. Oh Hmm. my gosh. Yeah, I totally agree. We had a client that did that before and they were hitting this too and blah, 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 blah. If somebody's giving you kind of an example of a client that they'd worked with, that's a good indication that they know what they're talking about. Um, So yeah, like definitely have, don't be embarrassed or shy or uncomfortable if they're asking you questions. That's an an important indication that they they know what they're talking about and they're thinking through what you're telling them. Absolutely. I would would say that another example to kind of see that play out for people who have trouble thinking why that would be make sense for like investors, right? Uh, you look at Shark Tank, they always ask those hard hitting questions like you're giving us these numbers, but we need to know specifics of have you thought through these processes? Like, what are you going to spend the money on? So on and so forth. Yep. So that's that why when you're entering the I, I, I consider working with agencies partnerships, right? Yeah, growth, it is. growth partners of you want to see them grow so that they invest more into their their business into you and your own business. So that's why everyone has to be on the same page when you don't have all of the, you know, answers to all the questions you need to be successful. That's where people get hung up. They fire agencies, they fire clients. People are just upset in general, like, oh, they were just terrible. That might not be the case. It might just be you all weren't on the basic communication page that yeah. needs to be successful. So that's really cool. I mean, those, that's great. Um, those are great tips. You mentioned real quickly before the top of the hour, you mentioned you have a course and there's other things with Fempire Media and other things that you're helping other people kind of empower them, their business to grow. What is that, Shelby? What, what, what are we yeah. to find out, like to work with you or even just to learn more about your insights and your um, expertise? How, how can they tap into that? Absolutely. So um, I have done for you services. Obviously, we have a, like an agency um, done for you ads, but what I found, and this was kind of really from, I guess, like summer of last year is that people were asking me questions about their ads all the time. Like I am of the belief, like you cannot create more, like there's no such thing as like too much free content. Like I just have so much, so much free content and I believe in creating a lot of value. But what I found was like people were asking me tons and tons and tons of questions. My DMs were loaded with people like, hey, I need help with this. I need help with running ads. Do you know I cannot afford to hire an agency right now and sign like a three or six month contract plus run ads on top of that? Like that's just not where I'm at right now. Now, some of you, you're like, yes, I don't want to touch this at all. I just want someone to do it for me and I'm ready for that. In which case I say, go hire an expert to do it for you. But a lot of people were saying, Shelby, I need to, I want to learn how to do it um, myself, but like, where do I go? And the thing about ads is this, um, there's no one size fits all. Like there's really not. Every business is a little bit different. Your numbers are going to be different than, you know, Joe Schmoes over here everyone's business is slightly different. And I looked at tons of courses, some of the courses I had bought and gone through their process just to see how it had like laid out and everything. 
Um, but they were all like missing components. And so what I, I just really couldn't put my like integrity at line and like recommend something that I just knew had gaps. And so I would give them like, okay, if you're wanting to learn this, go here. But if you're wanting to learn this, you go here. And so it's like piecemealing things together. Right. And it just was, there was such a gap in the market. Um, and like I said, I just don't think that a course is, it's the one size fits all method. And that just doesn't work with ads because your ad strategy is going to be different than somebody else's. And so, um, we, I created Fempire Ads Academy out of that. So my team and I really like sat down and we're like, what, here's the gap is like, people are asking us for ads, you know, they're wanting to pay us essentially. Cause people would be like, Shelby, do you have something available? And I was like, no, I don't like, you can either hire us or watch my free stuff. Right. But like, so <laughs> no I mean, yeah, there was no in between. And so that's where we created Fempire Ads Academy. Um, I rarely create anything in my business without like a lot of people asking me to do it. And then I'm like, all right, fine, I'll do it. So the demand is there. Exactly. Yeah, there's a demand. And so um, it's, this is like really, it's, it's a passion project really, but it's also like, it's a lot, it's very fulfilling because it's helped so many people um, that have, you know, enrolled in the program. It is a 12 month program because I think it takes, it's going to take you a good year of getting that support. And instead of just providing a course material, which we do, we have tons of videos you can go through that walk you through everything, um, every type of ad you could imagine, but it's the support, right? So it's having somebody that an ads coach who runs ads for a living inside that checks in with you weekly and that you get a one-on-one -on -one with every month. Um, so it's really that done with you ads, right? So it's somebody who, when you're like, Shelby, I'm running ads and I don't know if this is, does this look okay? Is it working? Right. You have somebody, you have calls every single week. We have three live calls um, that you can hop on and get help with an expert, like looking at your account and seeing what's happening. Uh, we have a copywriter in the program who looks at your sales page and landing page and website copy. So we can see like, you know, cause it's not just about your ads. Maybe your website sucks. And so you need somebody right. to look at your website and be like, hey, we need to change this copy or this design so that your ads, you know, are actually bringing you sales and you're not losing them. So that's basically how we we've created this program is it's a ton of support uh, because I just don't think courses in this particular, you know, industry are that effective because you can go through courses and people tell me all the time they buy courses and they still have tons of questions. Right. Um, so that's, that is Fempire Ads Academy. So for people who are wanting to learn how to do it, or they have an assistant who wants to go through it for them, like they want to keep it in house. They don't want to hire um, somebody outside of their business. They can run their assistant through the program and have their ads set up for them and get that support. It's amazing. Yeah. And it's all there on your website, vampiremedia.com. Yep. So for more information, obviously go ahead and check that out in the comment section. Everyone, if you're watching this, if you happen to be listening to this, this will also be in the show notes as well. Shelby, thank you so much for hopping on uh, Crossover Commerce Day. I would I would talk strategy and philosophical uh, ads and media all day long with you, but I know Same. you have <laughs> other people to talk about. Uh, talk with, I should say. And uh, like you said, that that's really cool that you put that together to kind of like really help people understand. It's not just a quick fix. It's a long-term strategy and what you need to do to help build your brand, your business, really invest in yourself. I like the yeah. term investment when people use it. I always get giddy instead of spend. It's investing into yourself or your business. So yeah, thank you so much for hopping on today. Now, friend of the show. Um, thank you so much. And people, if they want to learn out or connect with you, they can do that through the website, correct? Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for hopping on Crossover Commerce Day. Uh, it was lovely having you here. And thanks for giving us the insights on Facebook ad strategies and just building out a brand in general. Thank you so much, Ryan. I hope you have a wonderful day. Yeah, you too, Shelby. Thank you so thank much. Awesome. And then, oh, I'm going to pull that out there. Look at this. Producing and trying to go all in one. Can't do it. Sometimes it's a Monday. Give me a break, people. Sometimes uh, <laughs> uh, if you're watching that, I apologize for that quick turnover. But this is uh, it was super fascinating to talk with Shelby and kind of go through Phil, Phil philosophy on 
um, when you should start implementing ad strategies and different marketing strategies to help build your brand business and grow as well. What do you tell us what you think in the comment section? If you're watching us live, um, let us know if you have other strategies that you think are uh, good to invest in. Is it Facebook? Is it Instagram? Do we didn't even talk through TikTok or any other social media strategies in order to start building business and growth and buzz about your business? Where's that lasting branding going to come from? Is it those platforms or is it just through simple media, digital ads, through Google, Facebook shopping ads? Let us know what you think. Um, but my name is Ryan Kramer. This is Crossover Commerce. Thanks so much for hopping in. Episode 131, Crossover Commerce. We'll catch you guys next time. Take care.